y'all. It's Lens. Did you miss me? <laughs> I have really missed being behind this microphone. I know that sounds like kind of a dorky thing to say, but um, I actually feel like I have a relationship with my listeners, so I've missed you guys. I don't know if anybody has missed me, but I have been um, so busy this last week after coming home from Baltimore and then it being the week of um, Halloween, which doesn't sound like a legitimate excuse <laughs> for saying that you're busy, but um, I get busy. I start to feel like I'm very busy um, when I have more than like two or three things going on, because that is what happens to your life when you become a stay at home family. Anytime you have to leave the house, it's kind of a big deal. And so then, um, if you have to leave the house, like more than you're used to, you start to be a little bit like, Oh, I have so much going on. And so, um, yeah, I've been busy. So, but I'm so excited to be back behind the microphone. And I want to start by saying, did you guys enjoy City Mouse, Country Mouse? I know for sure a couple of you did because I got some texts and some emails um, to that effect. And I, I was going to share this one in particular. So I'm doing that. I'm kind of probably sounding like a zombie for a second because I'm trying to get my um, text messages open to read this one in particular that I got because it was so funny. So... Um, this is not a spoiler of any kind, but if you listen to episode 17, where Naz and I are sharing, like, what's a day in the city like versus what's a day in the country like, or what's something that happened to you recently, um, that would illustrate that. And so, um, she told a story about a lost dog in her neighborhood. And uh, <laughs> so there was a part in the story where, you know, I basically told her like, yeah, if I see a dog, if a dog comes in my yard, I lean over the gate and I go, you better get. <laughs> and I, I make sure that dog knows, like, you're not my problem. You need to go find your home, you know, because that's how we do it in the country. So I got a text from my friend Alex, who is a faithful listener. And she said, I loved your last podcast. When Naz was talking about the dog, I immediately thought she needs to tell the dog to get. After you said it, I busted out laughing. Hashtag country mice. <laughs> I did totally laugh out loud when I read that text. That was not, that is not hyperbole. Um, because it's so true. It's just our, it's a country thing. Like everybody's got a dog. Dogs run away from home. And we just like usually don't concern ourselves with them. Do we all live? No, we don't. Listen, you need to get in your house. Go get in your house. You can't stand on my feet while I do this. Okay. Get in your house. God. We need to come up with like some sort of title for Olive since she has become like a regular guest in the background. She's like the pod dog or something. Well, so I mentioned that um, I've been really busy and I spent a good um, amount of time traveling back and forth because I live like an hour and a half from the airport. So on the way to the airport, as well as while I was in the airport, on the airplane, and then the reverse trip home, I had a good amount of time to catch up on some podcasts I've been listening to. So um, so I wanted to tell you all about two in particular. Um, to be 100% honest, one of them I did not listen to on the trip, but the other one I did. So 
just wanting to make sure I'm telling the whole truth and nothing but the truth. But these are two podcasts that I um, have been listening to recently. One of them I was able to binge listen to because all of the episodes were out by the time I discovered it. But the other one is not. And so I'm having to wait every single week for a new episode to come out. And it is like kind of torturing me, to be honest. I'm like, I want to know the next part. So, um, you know, just keep that in mind. I'll be sure and tell you which one was which. So of the podcast that I listen to, I have a couple that are like, that have weekly, um, installments that I make. Ooh, I just hit the microphone. Sorry. Didn't mean to punch you guys. There are a couple that have weekly installments that I make a point to, to stay up with, to listen to every week when they come out. Um, but a lot of times I'm finding podcasts, I'm like kind of a slow learner or like a late bloomer to this whole podcast thing. So I'm finding out about podcasts sort of like after the fact, like most people have already heard of them. And so I'm able to binge listen to most of the podcasts that I find. So, um, the one that I binged recently was a true crime podcast called the thing about Pam. And I am, I'm not really huge on true crime because I get freaked out kind of easily. And I discovered that, um, I cannot listen to it after the sun goes down, even if I'm like at home and it's cozy and, you know, my husband is there. Like, I don't know what it is about the sun going down, but suddenly whatever I was listening to with the sun up now is super freaky. So, um, I have to binge during the daytime if I find a binge worthy true crime podcast. So this one in particular really like hits the spot. If you want to know the whole story, if you want there to be resolution at the end, if you want to be able to binge listen to it, all the episodes are already out and it's called the thing about Pam. And when you start listening to it, you're hearing the story of a woman who gets murdered and as usually happens, you know, immediately at first they turn to the husband and because they're the in murders such as this one, you know, it's usually pretty suspicious. Always the first person that they look at is like the husband or the boyfriend or whatever. Um, but almost for the entire first episode, you're listening along, you're listening along and you're like, who the heck is Pam? Like, when are they going to tell me who Pam is? Because I haven't heard a single thing about Pam. And then, you know, in true suspenseful fashion, they finally tease you on who Pam is. And then they really like, they do a good job. I thought of parsing out the information so that you really do like each episode, you're only getting like a crumb, you know? And so you're really into it. You really want to know what happens next. So it was a really, um, satisfying listen as far as suspenseful, um, well done. It's produced by Dateline. And so the guy who narrates Dateline is the narrator. So he has that very distinctive voice and the music in the background is real good and creepy and true crimey. And so, um, if you are looking for a binge listen and you like the true crime variety, this is a good one. This one kind of reminds me of, um, as far as the, the binge binge ability of it and the interest, keeping your interest high all the way through, it reminds me, um, a lot of dirty John. And if you haven't listened to dirty John, that's another one. Also, if they're, they made a TV series, mini series, um, after the podcast, dirty John. And I watched, I watched the show first and I wish I had listened to the podcast first because I would have been 
way more creeped out by the show if I had listened to the podcast because the people that they hired to play those characters nailed it. So, um, it's got, especially it has this one little girl who's an actor. She's not a little girl. She's probably like a woman. I mean, she's a woman. (laughs) She sounds and talks and looks like a little girl. So that's why I call her a little girl, but she's not, she's a full grown woman, but she is fascinating to me. Every single show I've ever seen her in, I'm just like, wow. She really can, she can nail a character, like for real. And I don't know her name, but she's got blonde hair. So anyway, she was in Ozark. Can't remember what her character name was in Ozark, but she was in Ozark. She was in Dirty John. She was in, oh, she was in the Americans TV show. Um, anyway, like I said, other podcasts I was listening to, and this was the one I was listening to during my travels. It is called... Dolly Parton's America. And you might expect me to, you might think like, oh yeah, duh. Like, of course she loves Dolly. Well, the truth of the matter is that Dolly has kind of just been sort of a like background staple character for growing up in the South. Like everybody knows Dolly Parton. Everybody knows she's from Tennessee. Everybody knows about Dollywood. Um, I've never been to Dollywood. I definitely want to go now that I have listened to this podcast, but, um, but I haven't really like, I don't really feel like I've given Dolly Parton the respect that she deserves, like from one Southern woman to another. I don't feel like I have really paid my respects to mother Dolly. And so, um, I am really impressed and really fascinated by the story that, that this podcast is covering, which is not just the story of Dolly's life and her career, but like, how she has become, how and what kind of an American icon she has become and the effect that she has had on overall like American culture, both here and overseas. So one little reason why I'm, oh my gosh, I almost said specifically, (laughs) specifically um, fascinated by it. And it's making this little connection in my mind is because, let's see, when did that, when did we do this? Um, It wasn't, It wasn't this year. No, it wasn't this year for our anniversary. It was last year. So 2018, July 2018, my husband's work schedule was insane. And um, he was also doing a, um, I think I've mentioned he's in a volunteer arm of the National Guard. And he was doing a officer candidate school that happened once a month, one week in a month for like eight months. So our anniversary kind of like came and went without any great fanfare. It was only our 16th anniversary. You know, we had done something big for our 15th. So it wasn't like I was expecting anything big and I really didn't care that it went by without much, um, much fanfare, but he wanted to do something fun with me and together. And so he planned this trip and he knows, he knows I don't like surprises. And honestly, I should do, I'm not going to say too much about this trip because I should do a whole episode about this because the whole trip was like such a fiasco. But the bottom line is the teaser info is that he planned a trip for us from, uh, on Amtrak. And so you can get on Amtrak in a bunch of different places, but the place that we chose to get on it was in Atlanta. So we drove all the way to Atlanta to get on the Amtrak. And then we took the Amtrak, the overnight sleeper car, Amtrak, route, which I think it's called the Crescent line, um, to New Orleans. And that's all I'm going to say about that, (laughs) except for this part, which is the point. The point is while we were on that trip, we met a Dutch family 
who was on their yearly vacation in the U.S. Every year they come to the U.S. and they do something slightly different every time they come. But they come for like two or three weeks. I mean, they had already been in the country, I think, two or three weeks. And when we were talking to them, we said, so what's next on your plan? You know, because they were going the opposite direction. We met them on the way home. And so they were heading north on the Crescent. And we said, what's your plan? And they said, well, we're going to... um, of course, we're going to go to Dollywood. And we were like, what do you mean? Of course. Like, like they said it like, you know, everyone should expect that we would be going to Dollywood if we're here in the U.S. I mean, if I'm honest, like, I think I would assume that more about Disney World, (laughs) maybe, or, um, definitely did not, like, I, I was definitely shocked by this. And I said, really? You, Dollywood, huh? You know what? How'd you guys hear about Dollywood? And they're like, oh, we're huge Dolly Parton fans. And I said, please tell me more. And so they were like, yeah, on our trip to the U.S. that we took a couple years ago, they came to wherever. I can't remember where they were visiting, but they got to the U.S., got their rental car, and headed off down the road, and someone had left a Dolly Parton CD in the rental car. And so they listened to this CD, like, on repeat for the whole time that they were doing this road trip through the U.S. And on by the end of that trip, they knew all about Dolly Parton. They loved Dolly Parton songs. They wanted more Dolly, more Dolly, more Dolly. And they found out about Dollywood. And for their next year trip, when they came back, they planned specifically to go to Dollywood. And now it's something that they do every year when they come back. So I was just like, wow, okay. I mean, that's cool. Different strokes for Dutch folks, I guess. (laughs) So, um, so, but yeah, like I, as a Southern American, haven't really known all that much about Dolly other than just these stereotypical stuff, you know, like when you're in elementary school and you do the little calculator, y'all remember this, right? Some math equation, you know, and it's all about what happens if Dolly Parton has reverse plastic surgery. And the, the number on the calculator, if you turn it upside down, you know, it reads the word boobless. <laughs> That's a classy story to tell, right? But anyway, Dolly Parton has been completely fascinating to me now that I've started listening to this podcast. So it's called Dolly's America. Dolly's America or Dolly Parton's America? Hold on. Let me check. I don't want to say this wrong. Zombie mode activate. Okay. Dolly Parton's America. And currently there are only three episodes out. They appear to come out on Tuesdays. So I'm excited because tomorrow's Tuesday. Yay. So if, if you listen to either of these podcasts, either the thing about Pam, um, or Dolly Parton's America, I would love to chat about them with you. So you can do that. You can do it by email, oddlyadulting at gmail.com. You can go on Instagram and find me at oddlyadulting. Um, Someone told me the comments aren't working on my website, so maybe I'll discuss that later when I have a production meeting (laughs) with my producer and tech wizard. Um, But yeah, get in touch with me because I want to talk about Dolly Parton and not everyone does what I do. So, all right. I, um, kind of what I was thinking about what to talk about in this episode, 
I sort of, I was really conflicted because I have a story um, to tell that happened to me on the airplane when I was traveling last weekend, but um, it's about puke. And I don't know that everybody wants me to tell a puke story. So here's, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put that out there. I'm going to say, I have a story about puke. Does anyone want to hear it? And if you want to hear the story about puke, email me or comment on Instagram. Or if you have some other means of getting in touch with me, um, let me know. Do you want to hear the puke story? Or conversely, if you absolutely don't want to hear the puke story, I want to know that too, because I know that emetophobia is real. I have it. And, um, like we don't have to talk about it if you don't want to, but it did happen. It was a story. So it's been fresh on my mind (laughs) since it occurred, but just let me know. Do you want to hear the airplane puke story? Yes or no? Um, but I'm not going to talk about that. This episode is not going to be about that. This episode is going to be about Halloween. And I really intended to tell, I really intended to, um, record a podcast and have it like air on Halloween because that makes the most sense. If you're talking about Halloween, it should air on Halloween. But in retrospect, sometimes being a procrastinator really works out because something funny happened on Halloween that I think is a great little like (laughs) punctuation mark to this year's Halloween. So what I'm going to give you is I'm going to tell you about some of the Halloween experiences I had as a child. Um, Just the, you know, in keeping with tradition here on Oddly Adulting, I'm just going to tell you the odd ones. And then I'm going to tell you a little bit about what we've done as a family for the last couple years of Halloween and finish with what we did this Halloween. Okay, so obviously I was a child of the 80s. I was born in 1982. So most of my trick-or-treating, you know, young child trick-or-treating years were the 80s, solid 80s, right? And then into the 90s, but I don't remember doing a lot of trick-or-treating past the age of like maybe 12 or 13. I think at that time, churches were just starting to kind of get on board with the idea of having a like pseudo Halloween instead of doing Halloween, they'd have like a quote unquote fall festival. It's sort of like now we do trunk or treating back then it was like fall festival and you'd get together and play games and stuff, but it was sort of not really about costumes and it certainly wasn't about scary costumes. And it most definitely wasn't about, um, costumes that, you know, things like boys wearing nun habits and things like that. So I don't have a lot of fun stories about Halloween after about the age of 12, but I've picked it back up now as an adult to young children, as a parent to young children, I find Halloween very fun and very entertaining. Um, so I'm enjoying that sort of Halloween renaissance in my life, but for, let's go back to the eighties for a minute, because I want to talk about three Halloweens in particular. The first one was my first Halloween, Halloween, 1982, my mother dressed me up as a devil baby. Oh yeah. Horns, a tail, a mustache, a beard, the whole deal. There is a picture of me somewhere and I have, I have tried to find it in recent years to show it to the kids. And I don't know where it is. It's probably at my mom's house somewhere. So I should make purposefully make a trip over there and, and like snap a picture of it, take a picture of a picture because I'm sitting I'm sitting in a chair next to a stool with a pumpkin on it. And I am legit a devil baby. (laughs) 
And like, that's not really very fair because all the stories about me as a baby, I sounded delightful. I had a heart defect, so I just slept all the time. Like, how could they possibly have dressed me like a devil? (laughs) But I was, I was a devil baby. And lucky for my children, that devil baby costume, at least the ears and the tail part of it, was handed down to me. And I had in my possession when I became a parent. So guess what all of my children have been for their first Halloween? That's right. A devil baby. (laughs) And um, a couple of times those children have even attended church fall festivals or trunk or treats, as you would call them in these days. Um, So the devil baby was, was the start of my Halloween career, I guess. And that maybe set the tone a little bit. I really enjoy irreverent costumes and like puns and things like that. So I just went with it. It's been, it's now like, now it's a thing. Now it's my thing. Um, but you know, I grew up in the South and for Halloween in the South, um, like October can be kind of a tricky month weather wise. You can have basically like second summer can happen In October, if you're lucky, it'll be fall and it'll be like, you know, a very sweet, temperate sort of evening, you know, like 65 and not raining. If you're lucky, that's what you'll get on Halloween. Or if you're unlucky, you'll get, um, you know, early winter (laughs) where it's just like bitingly cold. Nobody has their winter coat out yet. Because probably the week before that, you've been wearing shorts because the weather is so temperamental in October. So it's really kind of like pick of the mix when it comes to October weather and Halloween weather. You really just never know what you're going to get. And I had the very unfortunate timing that the year that I wanted to be Jasmine, complete with... This was the year that I watched Aladdin every single day after school. Um super excited about the new Aladdin movie. Haven't seen it yet. My whole family cheated on me and watched it while I was out of town last weekend. Thanks guys. Um, but I was going to be Jasmine for Halloween. And not only was I going to be Jasmine, I was going to be Jasmine in a homemade costume. And I worked my little fingers to the bone hand sewing (laughs) a little, um, crop top with shirt, like puffed sleeves, you know, and a little like the pants. I had figured out a way to make like a bikini brief with then like puffed pantaloon pants handmade. I bedazzled it myself with the hot glue gun and I was like super stoked. Okay. Cause that's what we were in the eighties. We were stoked. And then do you know what the weather had the nerve to do for me on Halloween? It was freaking cold. Mm -hmm. It was one of those early winter Halloweens. And it was like the wind chill factor came into play. And basically, Halloween was ruined for me because my mom forced me to wear a flesh colored sweatsuit under my Jasmine costume. And, um, you know, a big, bunchy, crunchy, fluffy, stuffy sweatsuit is not a good look under your Jasmine crop top or your bikini pants, pantalettes, pantaloons, whatever they were. Anyway, my, um, my costume was ruined. Thankfully I had from somewhere 
gotten one of those, uh, I don't even know what this thing is called, but it's like, you know, the ladies in the harem that ha- they have like a mask they wear across their face. It's kind of like hangs in front of their face. I had gotten one of those from somewhere and I wore it to cover up my frown the whole night. <laughs> so, um, I think I learned my lesson on handmade costumes that year and, um, had to take into account. I remember thinking the next year, like, please, as, as long as I don't have to wear a flesh colored sweatsuit under this thing, it'll be fine. Oh, anyway. So, um, the other funny, odd Halloween that I remember from growing up is that, uh, one year my brother wanted to be a girl for Halloween (laughs) and he's, so he's two years younger than me. And I want to say I was probably like 10, maybe at this time. So he's eight, seven and a half or eight, whatever. And, um, he wanted to be a girl. And so he had apparently talked this out with my mom and like, she was like, yeah, okay. You want to be a girl? All right. Well, just go, go look in your sister's closet and like, um, find one of her dresses that fits you and you can wear that one. You can, that's what you can wear for your costume. And wouldn't you know, I was not brought in on any of this planning. (laughs) And so it's like Halloween night and I'm getting whatever costume I'm getting on. Can't remember what I was that year. Um, it's been blocked out of my memory because of the horror of what occurred when my brother came out of his room. So my brother comes out and he's like, I'm ready for my makeup. And I whip around like whiplash and there he is. And he is wearing my legit favorite dress. Like of all the dresses that were in my closet, he had to pick my favorite. And let me tell you why it was my favorite. And I'm sure this is why it was his pick too. Okay. I hate dresses. (laughs) So have always hated dresses. Always will hate dresses. I do not wear dresses unless I'm absolutely forced to. But this dress in particular was special because it had built in shorts. So you could wear a dress, but not have to have that burden of having to think about the fact that you're wearing a dress the whole time you're wearing it. You can just kind of go on living your life because it's got shorts attached underneath. Nobody else has to know that, but you know it. So you have that like peace of mind, you know, don't you know, he comes bebopping out of his room wearing my favorite stinking dress. And I was like, wow, that's great. I can never wear that dress again. And you know what? I didn't. So thanks, bro. You ruined my favorite dress. And also he looked darn good in it. And, you know, some people didn't get the joke. They were like, it. the dress was uh, red and white. It was red with white polka dots. So it kind of looked like Minnie Mouse. And I think there was legit some people who in the dark when he came to their door, they thought he was Minnie Mouse without the ears. <laughs> so like I said, Halloween as a child had some odd things happen. Then I don't really remember doing much of anything about Halloween trick-or-treating or otherwise as a teenager, but I have, um, had a new, a renewed interest in Halloween now that I have young children. And most importantly, I have had, um, besides the tradition of doing the devil baby reboot, which we started and continued with all of our children, um, And it's now put up in the cedar chest to someday, you know, be, um, imposed upon a grandchild. So just putting that out there, (laughs) but I have in the last several years, I have really enjoyed delving into the arena of, um, themed family costumes. Okay. So 
we didn't always do themes. I'm trying to remember, like I said, we had the devil baby. Everybody has been the devil baby at some point in time, but we have, we haven't done this from the get go. Like there are some people that do some intense family costumes. Like I saw, I love, I love being on Facebook on Halloween. I have, I have, uh, my friend Katie and I have this in common. We have our, our three favorite days on Halloween is first day of school. Uh, sorry, I said on Halloween on Facebook, first day of school, Halloween and crying Santa pictures. Those are the reasons if you don't have a Facebook account, now is a great time of year to get one because crying Santa pictures are coming and they're the best. And I have an excellent one of those. So I really feel like I fit in with everyone. I share it every year. But anyway, these are the best days on Facebook. First day of school, Halloween, and crying Santa pics. So I saw one of my Facebook friends, they did a Sesame Street family costume. And it was not just her and her husband and their three kids, which by the way, their baby was Oscar the Grouch. They carried their baby around in a tin trash can. It was amazing. Not only was it just their family of five, but they also got like her sister-in-law and husband and kids in the mix, her parents, his parents. It was like everybody. It was like literally the whole gang, the whole sunny day sweeping the sky away. Clouds away? Yeah, sweeping the clouds away. Sorry. It's been a while since I watched Sesame Street. So I love me some family themes, but I, I don't necessarily go as intense as one could. Um, but I really have had some success in the last couple years. So let's take a little trip down memory lane. So three years ago, we were, this is so predictable because this was at the height of our prairie love time period in our family. Like when my kids reflect upon their childhood, they're going to very clearly remember the like prairie obsessed period. And so quite obviously, you know what I'm going to say. We were the Ingalls family. <laughs> Chris was Paul, obviously, which by the way, I've read all of the books to the girls twice all the way through. And when in my Southern accent, when I read them, I say, Paul, Paul chopped the wood, Maul prepared dinner, Paul, they're Paul and Maul when I say it. Okay. That's how I pronounce it. Paul and Maul. My kids think their names are Paul and Maul <laughs> because of this. So if you hear them talking about the angles and they're like, Paul, you know, Paul and Maul, I'm sorry. That's because of my pronunciation. My bad. Anyhow, we dress up as the Ingalls. Chris was Paul. I was Maul. I had a baby doll swaddled up in my arm for um, baby Grace, because even though our family does not have a baby Grace, we could not leave baby Grace out. So I had a baby doll dressed up as baby Grace. And then of course we had, my youngest was Carrie, the middle, the middle one was Laura and the oldest one was Mary and y'all, they were so stinking adorable. Every year when that comes back up in my memories on Facebook, I just stop and I just marvel for a minute at how adorable they were. They all have bonnets because we had gone to Missouri to go to the Little House on the Prairie Museum already in their lifetime. So we had all the bonnets. We had long skirts that I had made them at one point in time. Cause for Christmas one year they got, um, I think I already mentioned this. They got, they had like a little house Christmas theme from Santa. And so they got skirt fabrics. We had skirts, we had aprons, we had the whole shebang and it was so adorable. So that all, however, as we pulled that one off so well that like, I felt a lot of pressure the next year 
to do a family theme. And so I like totally imploded that one. And we had no family theme the next year. It was just like, I don't know what happened the week of. It was a really, well, I think I do remember. It was a very stressful year. I had a very stressful year in 2017. And so, um, family theme totally went out the window, but by 2018, we were back baby. And that year we were hashtag Murica. You know what I'm saying? Hashtag Murica, like apostrophe M U R I C A. We were hashtag Murica, baby. And what do I mean by that? I mean, Chris was uncle Sam. I was the, uh, uh, shoot. Why can't I think of what this is called? Um, the baking soda girl, the, we can do it. Oh my gosh. Rosie, the riveter. Not the baking soda girl. That is just so, that is so wrong. Why did I say that? What am I thinking of? Oh, I must be thinking of the lady on the, on the side of the baking soda, the clabber girl. I am (laughs) the clabber girl. Oh my gosh. It's not baking soda that did Rosie, the riveter, right? It wasn't, was it? Y'all tell me if I'm wrong. I don't know what I'm talking about, but I do know I was Rosie the Riveter. And I do know that I went to Goodwill the day before Halloween and I found me a blue shirt exactly like I needed. It had the epaulets on the shoulder and everything. I found me a pair of men's work boots that fit me. So some little footed man, thank you for donating those. Or teenage boy, I don't know. Um, I had the headscarf, I had the whole thing. Okay, so I was Rosie the Riveter. So, okay, we had Uncle Sam, Rosie the Riveter. Then my oldest was Betsy Ross (laughs) and she wore her like big colonial looking prairie skirt and she had a little black shawl and a little doily on her head and she was carrying around a like Dollar Tree American flag because y'all I planned this so far in advance. I planned this ahead before 4th of July so that when 4th of July happened and all the America stuff was out in all the stores, I was like, oh, this will be good for the costume. I got me the Uncle Sam hat. I got, you know, so I had this going for several months. So she had like a Dollar Tree flag and a big needle and she was like sewing on it as we would go <laughs> trick or treat. And then the middle one was the Statue of Liberty. Thank you, Amazon made that super easy. She had like the foam crown and we made her, um, she didn't, the costume didn't come with a torch. So we took a flashlight and I put like, um, white tissue paper on it, you know, so that when you turned it on, it looked like it was glowing. And, um, so she was super cute. And then the youngest, she was very insistent. She tried to put her foot down, but she, she did not succeed. We had a compromise moment. She wanted to be a princess. And I said, oh, okay, well, but you know what would be even better? You could be Miss America. And she was like, what's Miss America? And I was like, it's like the princess of America. You get to wear a crown and a sash and you're like a princess, but better. And she was like, okay. (laughs) So she wore a princess costume, basically like a, a pink you know, glittery princess costume dress, but with a sash that said Miss America and a crown. Okay. So I totally managed to get her on board with it. And, um, it was really fun. It was really fun and cute. We got a lot of comments. We got a lot of compliments on our costume. We went and we trick or treated the, um, this is going to sound super weird, but our hometown on, on Halloween evening, they open up the 911 center for trick or treating. And you can come in and you can go stand in the dispatch room and listen to them dispatching whatever calls are happening. And so that was especially like warmed all of the, um, 
EMS folks' hearts that we were like a little American family coming to see our um, officers and whatever, our dispatchers. So that was really fun. And honestly, I don't know if I'll ever, I don't know if I'll ever be able to outdo that one because it was just like everything came together so perfectly and the weather was perfect. It was one of those perfect Halloweens where it was like the nip was in the air, but nobody was cold. It was great. Um, but this year was fun. Okay. It's, it doesn't hold a candle as far as to like conformity. Like we didn't have as great, you know, we didn't look as family cohesive as in the past, but this year we were a witch family and this makes sense, right? When you're a girl dad and you have three daughters, like you're part of the witch family. I'm sorry. You know, I don't care who you are. If you have all girls for children, that's a witch family in the making right there. Okay. So my youngest, I told them, I said, I, I pitched this idea to them months ago because I've learned my lesson. Like it really pays off to plan ahead so that when you see something that would go with your costume, you just snatch it up. Okay. So I knew that eventually witch hats would be in the store and I was right. I bought witch hats in, I think August, maybe September must've been September at the dollar spot in target. Perfect. So I said, guys, we're going to be the witch family. Okay. And they're like, what? And I'm like, yes, it's going to be awesome. Okay. And you can be any kind of witch you want. You can be like, and so immediately my oldest is like, I'm going to be Hermione Granger. I'm like, fine. That's fine. You can be Hermione. That's great. Does she wear a witch hat? As long as she wears a witch hat, that's fine. So then the other two put a lot of thought into it and they were like, well, and so my middle one who is so good with stuff like this, she will surprise you. You might think she's a little bit of like a ditzy kind of like airhead dippy doodle, but she really isn't because occasionally she will just shock the pants off you and she'll do something like this. And she'll be like, I know what I want to be. I want to be a water witch. And I'm like, a water witch? Do you mean like, like an actual person who finds water? She's like, yeah, I can find a stick and everything. And I was like, you go girl. That is pun central. Love it. So she was a water witch and she actually made herself a dousing rod, like a dousing branch that, cause you know, a water witch, you find a branch that looks like a Y and you hold it by the, the two short ends of the Y and then the long part of the Y, the letter Y. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And you hold it and you are supposed to, the, the dousing rod is supposed to send you to water. She took two straws and hot glued, I'm sorry, not two, three. She took three straws and hot glued them into the shape of a Y. And then she did like, I don't even know how many <laughs> sticks of hot glue she used, but she basically made the straws with running hot glue up and down on them to look like the texture of sticks. And then she painted the whole thing brown. It was so awesome. <laughs> I was like, wow, you were committed to your craft. And then my youngest in a typical her, most creative of the bunch, most esoterically creative, she wanted to be a sunset witch. And so I was like, oh, okay. Um, can you help me understand what a sunset witch looks like? And she's like, she's all the colors of the sunset. She's orange and pink and blue. And I'm like, okay, okay. I'm tracking with you on this one. So <laughs> we went to Goodwill because it's the most awesome place to buy your costume stuff. Um, 
went to Goodwill, found a black hoodie and a black skirt that was just perfect for Hermione Granger, found a blue formal dress, like flowy formal dress that was just perfect for a water witch because she had a, a blue hat as well. And then found a pink, um, like dress up, like formal dress, but it for like a kid sized one. Okay. Like, like what you would imagine a middle schooler would wear to like a homecoming dance or something pink with like sparkles on it. And then the hats out of the, all the hats that I was able to get at the dollar spot. Um, one of them was blue velvet with stars and moons on it, which really like to me, I immediately saw it and I thought, Oh, the sorcerer's apprentice, but I didn't say that to her. It was perfect for her sunset witch costume. Okay. So we had Hermione Granger, water witch, sunset witch. So you might be wondering what kind of witch I was. Well, I was just like, I was just like your basic witch. Okay. I had a black hat. I had a white, um, Oxford shirt with a monogram on the pocket. I had black leggings, um, boots with the fur, a vest, a puffer vest, um, a plaid scarf, a crossbody messenger bag. And then like, obviously I had my Starbucks cup. So like, I was just a totally basic witch. It was awesome. Nobody over the age of 30 got it, but that's okay. <laughs> I got it and that's all that matters. <laughs> but my, my punny costume was not even the best of the bunch. Okay. Because the family winner for punniest costume, um, for the witch fam was obviously my husband. And that is because he was wearing a shirt with the man witch label on it. And also a witch hat. I found him a witch hat that was like the most ungodly, ugly color of like mustard yellow. And it was iridescent on the top and then black on the rim. And so he was trotting around as the man witch all night. So if you looked at all of us together, hopefully, except for me, except for my costume being lost on like basically everyone, um, hopefully you would get it, you know, that we were like four witches and then a man witch. I thought we were funny. I enjoyed it. We did get some laughs. Um, but the best, the best moment of the evening. So let me set the tone. Let me set the stage or whatever. We are at our church. We are a trunk for trunk or treat. So we've backed our suburban into our parking spot that faces the sidewalk. We've got the back open. I have a little like witch apothecary sort of feel going on. We have a carved pumpkin. We have some, um, my oldest took some mason jars and put some like grody weird food stuff in them and food coloring so that it looks like potions. We have a big stuffed bear wearing a witch hat, um, holding a cauldron, um, with a unicorn in it. Like it was, you know, it was kind of ghetto, but whatever, it was fine. And so then we have, um, a pot, like a hanging pot, like you would have over a stove or sorry, over a fire. And that's what we're handing our candy out of. So we handed out candy for about an hour and then some of our friends came along to visit us and they were going to trick or treat our thing. And then they were going to go across the street to the Baptist church and trick or treat the Baptist church. And so she asked me, Hey, do you want us to take your girls with us so they can do some trick or treating? And I'm like, yes, they would love that. So we sent them off to trick or treat with their friends. And so it was just Chris and I, so it's the basic witch and the man witch. Okay. 
standing here in front of our suburban trunk, handing out the candy. So it's got, it's just your usual crowd, you know, it's kids, little babies in strollers, you know, whatever. But we're not getting like a lot of, you know, interaction, I guess, from the crowd. So I'm trying to talk to kids. Like, I I like talking to kids. I think it's fun. And... I'm trying to chat up these kids as they come by and we're just not getting too much of it, too much of, of conversation out of anyone. But then this kid comes up and catches us totally off guard. So he's with his mom. I cannot tell you what his costume was. Do not remember because I was too shocked and laughing too hard after he left to pay attention. But he comes, he approaches from the right and I can see him sizing us up. Like he's looking at Chris with the witch hat on and then he's looking at the shirt, you know, with the man, witch label. And then he's looking at me and he's like seeing that I have a witch hat on and whatever. And so when he gets to us before I have a chance to say happy Halloween or, or whatever, he goes, happy Halloween witches. (laughs) And I was like, Oh my gosh, this kid is my people. He gets me. And his mom just is like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, that seriously made my night. You have no idea. <laughs> so he goes on to the next thing. And I'm just like, Chris, that was amazing. Like that made it all worth it. One kid got my joke. <laughs> he was like, you're so bad. This is a church trunk or treat. You shouldn't be encouraging this type of behavior. And I was like, Whatever. Because y'all know, anybody that listens to this podcast knows that Jesus loves you too. All the witches in the world, Jesus loves them all. So I felt like it was a good Halloween overall. And the only thing that would have made it better would have been if I had actually managed to record a podcast about Halloween ahead of the holiday and get it published on Halloween. But since I didn't do that, you guys are getting to relive Halloween with me a couple days later. So I appreciate everyone that's out there that's listening. I continue to be super encouraged by the fact that I have anyone that listens and much less anybody that feels the need um, or the desire, not the need, I shouldn't say need, but feels the desire to send some support my way. And that can be in the form of encouragement. I love the emails. I love the comments that I get on Instagram and text messages, whatnot. Thank you so much for those. And thank you especially to the people who have sent money my way. It's time to pay the bills again today. I got an email that the uh, monthly rent is due on the website. So thank you for my producers who have sent me money and are um, helping be part of the reason that I can keep the lights on without it causing any type of a financial burden to anyone. So thank you so much for that. If you want to join, oh, do y'all hear that? Can you hear it? It's my home phone ringing. (laughs) It's probably time to take a political survey. So Uh, with that, to sing us out, I will say if you would like to send a donation my way, you can do that by going to my website and hitting the donate button. It takes you to PayPal. And um, that's how you can accomplish that. But regardless of what type of support you're sending my way, thank you for listening. And if you made it all the way to the end of this, I love you. And Jesus loves all y'all witches too. Bye.
The intro music is by Kevin McLeod. Winner, winner.